And there's such thing as good debt and bad debt, but understanding it is the difference of really knowing if you're putting yourself in a good situation or a bad situation. Welcome back to another episode of The Wealthy American. Here with my host, as always, is Jim Stryker. What's going on, Jim? Hey, how's it going, Will? How's it going, everybody? It's good over here, man. So another beautiful day in our country. Thank you for joining us here on the journey of wealth education. Disclaimer, nothing you guys are going to hear today is financial advice. Financial advice requires a trained professional that understands your specific circumstance, your goals, and works with you to actually create a plan that will fit both of those. And so today, we've got something that, Jim, I know you're super passionate about, uh, and I'm really excited to go into with everybody, which is we're going to cover really the concept of debt. And I think this is so important because a lot of times when you hear most of the things out there, and I heard this a lot growing up, you know, very poor, right outside of Detroit and all that stuff, which is debt is bad. And there's such thing as good debt and bad debt, but understanding it is the difference of really knowing if you're putting yourself in a good situation or a bad situation. And so, Jim, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, uh, this all kind of started, so a little background. Uh, about 10 years ago for me, um, I got asked this question um, at an event, and um, somebody said to me, um, I can't remember who it was. I wish, I wish that I could, but I just remember the question because that had a profound impact on me. And the question was, what if what you thought to be true turned out not to be true? Jim, when would you want to know about it? And I'm like, what I, I said, I want to know right away. It didn't take me long to get that one. Exactly. Great. So what do you really think you know about what you know? I was like, oh, I said, I don't know. And he said, well, think about this. What do you, what do you know the most about? Tell me about that. Well, that's enough to stump anybody right? You quickly, at least for me, speaking from my own experience, I was like, man, I, I don't know if I really know, you know, enough. I need to think about that, you know, a little bit more and then come back to you. And so it kind of got me thinking about this whole, this whole thing um, as it relates to debt. And so, uh, you know, debt, right? Um, the Wealthy American podcast, a lot of people have, I think, uh, you know, an assumption, and I did too, for a long time, Will, and I know we've talked about this, that um, it's all debt is kind of bad debt right? Debt's not good. Let's eliminate debt as quickly as we possibly can, right? And there are, there's good debts and bad debts, but let's talk about those. What would be considered a bad debt? From your perspective, Will, knowing what you know, what's a bad debt? What have, we, what have you been taught? I mean, it depends on what era of my life you're asking. Uh, but for me, a bad debt is going to be anything that's not providing value and you, you're getting nothing from it right? It provides nothing or very little to you and your family. And there's no chance that whatever you, when you acquired that debt to go to use it on, that you can then sell that, you know, asset or whatever it is that you bought, whether that be a house, whether that be a car, whether that be, you know, gold under the mattress, like whatever it is, right? That you couldn't then turn and sell that and then get at least what you paid for it. But then you're able to enjoy the use of it if not more, if it doesn't fit into that category, that's a bad debt. Yep. Yep. I, I think that's a great, you know, way to break it down. And it's, a, and it's a complicated, you know, question. And you're like, and like you said, we can go down a ton of rabbit holes 
with regards to good debts and bad debts and is credit card debt this and is student loan debt this and is mortgage debt and all stuff, right? Like it's, it's complicated, right? Um, even for my own son, who's studying to become a helicopter pilot right now, uh, is taking on student loan debt, right? He doesn't know that when he graduates, it's going to be, you know, paid off by mom and dad, but he's agreed to, you know, 12% student loan debt. And he's just like, man, I'm freaking out. I'm panicking. And I'm like, well, let's think about this. You don't have any payments until you graduate. You're taking on all of this debt, yes, and I understand how that makes you feel, but what is the impact of the job that you're going to land, and what is the result of that going to be getting into this debt? So let's assume you go into debt 100000 and let's assume that the first year you know you get a job for 180 Would you trade the 180 right, for 100 Definitely, of course, because you're going to be in that job for 20 years. It's a $20 million decision, let's just say, right? And so... Thinking about it from that perspective, you have to understand it, right? But a lot of times, I want to pick on this one because this is one that I think a lot of us, I know I did, and I, and I was raised this way, you know, kind of being poor, stay out of debt, stay out of debt. You never want to be a slave, you know, to the lender, so on and so forth. But as it relates to mortgage loans, and I have a background in M&A, and I have a background in mortgage banking, I've done billions of dollars in loans, um, and this was something that comes up all the time. Hey, I want to pay my home off as soon as possible. And I always thought it was interesting, Right? Because paying down debt is not the same as making money. Well, isn't that interesting? Only making money is making money. But how is paying down that debt going to make me any money? Am I going to make any money with my home paid off free and clear? The answer is no. Is my home going to go up in value? Yeah, but independent of what I'm paying, independent if I have a mortgage, paying down debt's not the same as making money. Only making money is making money, right? Think about it from this perspective. Well, Jim, Jim, real quick, I want to I want to go back to something you said that I think is really uh, insightful, and we we went past pretty quick. Which you said as your son was looking at this, you know, if if you're coming in, you know, and you got to get one hundred twenty thousand dollars of debt, and you're making or a hundred thousand dollars of debt, you're making one hundred twenty thousand dollars your first year. Would you make that trade? Yes, why? Because of the amount of time that goes into it. Now you've got, you know, $120 million, let's say, over a career. So that's, act, that's not a first year decision. That should be looked at and considered, but that's not a $100,000, $120,000 decision against 100. It's a $20 million decision over 120 or 100, right? And I think that's a really insightful thing because speaking for myself, that was a skill I didn't learn for a really long time, but it served me really well since, which is what kind of decision am I making? What kind of ROI am I getting? What does that actually look like? And what's the, like, what's the likelihood that I'll get that? It has to be a high likelihood, right? What's the likelihood that that'll fall out? And I think that point of view of looking at it shifts things a little bit, especially when we're looking at debt, because we're making decisions based on what kind of return is it going to get us? And what does that actually look like for us in the kind of in the real world instead of that? And I think that's just so insightful. And I wanted to touch on that for a second. Yeah, no, I'm, gl- I'm glad that you did. And it's, and it's that is the decision. It's same, same in the, uh, the M&A world, right? The mergers and acquisition world, right? I have people come to, back in the days when I was working for Ducks Trust and Liechtenstein, I would have uh, people come to me all the time. Hey, I need 20 million, 40 million, 50 million, 60 million. You want to talk about debt? Yeah, well, 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 why? Well, because of the opportunity that's in front of me. 
right? The opportunity is to develop this product for something I already have sold or to acquire this company or to short, you know, whatever the reason is, right? That conversation, you know, to take on debt for some, you know, purpose. I mean, imagine this, Will. Imagine if banks, as we know it today in our country, didn't take in deposits. So that's a form of debt, right? They, they need it. Matter of fact, they wouldn't exist without it, right? So what does the bank do? do, do they take our money in, take it in on deposit. They go to the Fed. They get, you know, nine more dollars, and then they go lend it out. Well, they needed the one dollar first to be able to exist, right? That's a form of debt. That's a, a word that if you're driving, don't write this down. But if you're listening to this, write this down. It's called arbitrage. It's called the borrowing of X to earn Y, right? And it's what makes the world go round. Imagine if Wall Street didn't take on debt. Imagine, there'd be no stocks, there'd be no equity, there'd be no bonds, there'd be nothing. That's all debt that they have understood, the arbitrage, take in, borrow money at X and earn the Y. How about the insurance industry? One of the oldest and most successful and wealthiest industries and safest industries there is. All contingent upon taking in debt other people's money to run and facilitate their lives. It's just a fascinating you know, concept of this idea of arbitrage and debt, right? And so one quick thing I want to make sure people understand here, Will, in, the, in, in this podcast for our listeners, is that when you think about debt in terms of what it can do for you, that it's a different thought process and a different conversation. It's not as scary as, hey, is this right? Is this something I should take on? Or I see you nodding in your head like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm understanding that. And so I just want to make sure that, um, you know, people understood that not all debt is bad debt. And if there's debt for a reason and there's arbitrage behind it, it makes, it's what makes the world go around. There's just a different question and a different conversation that uh, we get to ask ourselves, you know, as, as, a, as we relate to it. Yeah. I've got kind of an interesting uh, thing that happened to me, which is I was in a room, I was probably this years ago now, I was the least qualified person to be in that room. These were some of the best, what's called capital allocators, right? Which are people that take a lot of money. And when I say a lot of money, I mean, like, if you're in the millions, good luck. Uh, like, these guys are in the billions. Some of them, like, some of these guys were working at Berkshire. Some of these guys were running the companies of Berkshire's holdings. And one of those guys who was kind of widely regarded in the room as one of the top capital allocators in the world written books on it, all that stuff. He said something that stopped me in my tracks because I was the CEO of a multi-figure company at the time. And he said, not the founder to be clear, I was running the company, was not the founder. Uh, but he said, most CEOs do not understand capital allocation and it's the reason why they struggle. And me sitting there listening to that in that room as a CEO, Knowing that I was a little bit out of my depth, I got an invite from a friend of mine who did belong in that room, and I, I certainly did not, but I was very humbled and honored to be there. Literally brought pause to me, and I went, I don't fully understand what he just said, but I need to. And so the break came, you know, there's a lot of cool information, all that stuff, and I immediately beelined to go to talk to him, right? Pinned that man down in the hallway and said, hey, man, you know, thanks very much for sharing everything you did in there. Uh, I am a CEO. And I am worried that I don't understand capital allocation at the level that you were talking about there. And that's a potential you know, pitfall for us. How should I be looking at this? 
And the thing that he told me there shifted forever the way that I looked at business as well as my personal finances, which he goes, there's only so many things you can do. You can internally invest. And so you'll get a higher rate of return there, right? I think when we look at education, right, to your son's point and case study, like that, that is an internal investment that'll bring you a higher rate of return. Publicly traded companies, there's some different rules, right? If you can't get a higher return uh, or you feel a company is moving towards a really good direction, you can buy back stock, right? You can do, I mean, that's where, you know, you can purchase another company, stuff like that, or you can produce dividends. He goes, but that's it. But he goes, the way that you make those decisions, the framework, nobody actually usually looks at this. You're so used to internal rate of return or to issue dividends to be able to pacify shareholders that roughly 95% of CEOs, and that was his estimation, uh, are doing this wrong. And so it was such an interesting conversation. It shifted my dynamic on this forever, whereas now I start to look at everything like that. It's like if I'm going to put money out, like me and my wife just did a big remodel, as you know, I showed you the house, moved back in, you know, after being out four months, we had to relocate our lives, including our four-year-old daughter, right? Then from there, out of the house, we were back in a real small apartment, all that stuff, then eventually moved back in, had all the stuff with moving, all the stuff with running companies, all the same time, all the expenses going out, which is what we were allocating. But now, coming back into that house, we have that, I mean, we're going to be in there at a minimum for the next 10 years. We have that to enjoy for the next 10 years, and that is quite literally, there's nothing I would change about that house right now. That was a strong capital allocation move because it was this framework of us going, hey, should we look at somewhere else? Should we look at this? And it was me going, I think roughly it would cost this. We'd have to do this. But I think in the end, this will serve us for a very long time to come. And when we look at debt, a lot of companies that take it on or people that take it on, that's what you're looking at. What is the return that I'm going to get from this versus me otherwise just doing it with cash? Like my dad has never had a credit card, right? My dad has no credit history. Like you, they can't find him in the system. When he goes to open up a new account at a bank, it's always a problem for him. It's why he hasn't switched banks in like 20 years because he has no history in the system. My dad also is not in the financial position he could be in terms of wealth because he just has never leveraged anything. I, he just, he lives a life that he loves, which is great. And if that's where you want to go, that's amazing. But if you're here listening to this podcast, you probably want to build your wealth to a certain level. And so there's a difference here. And that's what we're talking about. When we're talking about good debt and bad debt. So Jim, back over to you. Yeah, just to, to wrap this up, I, I think of debt in, from my own personal perspective. And guys, take what you want, you know, leave the rest as always with what we cover here on the podcast. But debt to me, you know, equals opportunity cost. So I'm before I take on a big debt, I'm always running that through my filter of safety, liquidity, rate of return, but I'm also looking at the opportunity cost of not taking on the debt. What happens if I don't do this? Hey, I wanted to buy this $2 million lake house. I don't want to take $2 million out of my account to do it. Why? Because I'm going to lose the interest that that $2 million can earn me. But I could write the check from the account and have no payment. Hmm. What am I earning on my $2 million? Nothing. Oh, but what about the $2 million house? Well, that's going to go up no matter what anyway. Hopefully. Let's just say it stays the same. Who knows? But 
two million, I lose, right? So what would be the cost to me to write the check for the house? Well, be significant, right? Think about that at a you know nine or ten percent tax-free you know rate of return. It's it's monumental. But I was telling my son the same thing. You know, just going back to that, what is the cost of you not doing this? Well, I don't get to go to school. Oh, what's that cost? Well, that's what I want to do with my life. Oh, so is that does taking on debt feel different now? Or you know, why don't you just not do it, right? Wonderful opportunity to think about opportunity costs. So when you think about opportunity cost, you have the ability to either earn interest on money that would otherwise be going to debt, or you have the opportunity to have no debt, right? So like what you were talking about with your father, right? The amount of lost opportunity that he has just in terms of building wealth and being wealthy um, because he made the decisions not to take on debt, it's probably in the millions probably in the millions, right? Depending on where he's at over the course of, of time, right? But um, yeah, just a, a fascinating, um, fascinating question that all started um, about 10 years ago for me. And what's interesting is my dad would tell you is worth it because he gets so stressed out. He lives the simplest, happiest life. My dad is a stonemason. He's one of the most, he's the most skilled stonemason. He does very custom work, all that stuff. Man hasn't had an email address, runs his own company handwrites all of his proposals, all of his invoices, all of his everything. He's got this old drafting table that's been there since I was 12 years old. Probably needs a new one. But Man, he doesn't have to worry about AI, does he? No, he's he will not <laughs> no. be disrupted. I promise you that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What he's done and still doing, even he's getting he's semi-retired, is a lost art. But what he would tell you is cuz we've got some family properties cuz my grandfather spent a lot more time building up his wealth and, and doing a lot of what we're talking about here. That was his goals. We've got those family properties and not that my dad is living off those, but he doesn't take big trips. He hates getting on airplanes. He drives up to the property that we have hunting of which we built a primitive cabin on. He, we built it, right? Like that's it. Uh, it's there, built the blinds. We got another cabin. It goes up there. He's got a big garden. He hunts and he spends time with his family. And that, that is the perfect life for him. He doesn't want any more than that. Now he says that, but there's also times where the cash crunch has really put him in a tough situation. And I've been fortunate enough to been able to help him out with some of that stuff. But, <coughs> but when we look at it, it's about really living the life that you want. And so if you are looking to build your wealth, right? Knowing the principle of how do I use debt as a tool and what are the principles that guide that or the characteristics that guide that, that's a really important thing for you to understand to put yourself in the best possible position to be able to hit your goals. Ask better questions. Take some time to think about what the impacts uh, of, of that is. And uh, you know, boil it down to what do you really think you know about what you know? And if you're like most of our listeners and you're open to learning something, you might be able to see something, you know, a little bit differently. We we love this, you know, quote, but different isn't better, but better is always different. There's always a better way to do something, but it has to be done differently, right? So that's, uh, that was my, my closing wisdom right there. That's what I got. Well, I think that's a great place to leave it. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode here. Uh, we truly believe that more Americans with more wealth equals better America. Thank you for being part of our movement. Uh, we love you guys, and we'll see you next time.